This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to World of Wire's Signature NHL Hockey Pod Podcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My usual co-host, AJ Schultz, is once again not able to join the pod because he's welcoming his newest daughter into this world and is off on a well-deserved bit of R&R in that regard in Madison, Wisconsin. He remains a great follow at AJ Schultz24, and we both look forward to your ongoing questions in terms of fantasy hockey and fantasy hockey prep for what looks like it could be an extended off-season. To that end, we would like to assist you in those preparations by taking a look at the salary cap structure of all the clubs. We'll begin with our look at uh, the teams at the high end of that spectrum and the money they've committed and uh, what might be situations where they need to look at new contract situations with pending UFA and RFA circumstances. We'll do that for each of the clubs uh, through the 31 that we will navigate and uh, hope that you uh, get gain from that perspective. We start with the look at the Arizona Coyotes, a team that is at the top end only because they've committed a lot of money to uh, some players whose contracts were bad in other circumstances and they ate them. And uh, going forward, they will uh, look at uh, restructuring things a little bit because they need to uh, with when you consider the likes of Taylor Hall playing out the string on a three million dollar deal he's a pending UFA big money owed to him you would think as a centerpiece for this team going forward unless he chooses to go elsewhere that's the biggest question mark on this circumstance here in in Arizona when you look at other players who are pending UFAs Carl Soderberg is the next most important offensive piece I would say though I don't think he's going to command the 4.7 million dollars that he's earned this season. Brad Richardson, a second UFA on, in the mix here, $1.25 million. Another guy who's at the tail end of his career might not even be retained. But uh, in terms of pending RFAs, they have two guys that definitely will be part of the mix here going forward. Vinny Inostroza at $1.5 million and Christian Fisher at $821 thousand dollars seeking new deals on the back end things are pretty much in place when you consider that the top five defensemen in the terms of the salary cap commitments are all locked up for next season but beyond that Ilya Lubushkin who showed well in uh, fits and starts this season is the sixth guy on that back end who needs a new contract as a pending RFA we look also to the injury reserve here and note that Jacob Chikrin 
is well looked after at the pay window for the next five years, even though he was on the IR right now. Figures to be healthy when play resumes and should be uh, the linchpin of this defense almost when you consider his upward uh, trajectory of his career in in, uh, recent weeks and months before he went down to injury this season. In terms of the goaltending mix, it's in good hands with Antti Ranta and Darcy Kemper locked up for next year. But beyond that, there'll be some concerns because these guys will need new contracts between them in the next two seasons overall. And uh, the the inside track goes to Kemper. He's been the, the horse here for several years and uh, will be challenged by Ranta, who has had his injury issues. But I think it's a pretty good tandem going forward in Arizona. In terms of the Maple Leaf situation... Kyle Clifford is a guy to keep an eye on. He added some real good physicality to this club and is a pending UFA at $1.6 million. You know that he loves playing in Toronto, so I think they could get him locked up to a team-friendly deal uh, to play a key role here going forward. I don't like the fact that Dennis Malgin really didn't take a ch- take the opportunity in Toronto to uh, do himself any favors as a pending RFA at $750,000 to the 23-year-old didn't really do enough to impress me as a guy that they needed to re-up. They may be thinking otherwise of a guy who was at the other end of the spectrum in terms of his career, and that's Jason Spezza. The 36-year-old was well worth the $700,000 investment and has already made loud noises that he wants to be returning. You wonder if he's going to ask them for much more money than that or will do the team-friendly thing for the Maple Leafs. Freddie Gauthier, uh, pending RFA at $675,000, was a Mike Babcock favorite. He's really struggled to be relevant uh, beyond being a top, a bottom uh, six forward and a penalty-killing specialist. His, uh, his profile d- did wane under the current coaching regime, and I wonder if he's played out, playing out the string in Toronto. On the Leaf blue line, Cody Ceci and Tyson Berry are guys that are looking like they're going to hit the exit door. Uh, Combined $7.2 million will be distributed here to the likes of Travis Dermott. And uh, Rasmus Sandin will get an opportunity to play uh, as he continues his entry-level deal. Uh, Mark Marinson hangs around uh, with a $700,000 cap hit as well. The one guy that did take an early payout for the least to continue his career here as Justin Hall. And I give this guy credit because he played a lot of minutes this year after not really getting the opportunity last year on the final year of an entry-level deal this season. He did get the $2 million raise based on the performance this year as one, probably the most improved player in the Maple Leaf circumstance. In the Nets, Freddie Anderson at $5.5 million, Uh, even rather is uh, the starter in goal obviously but Jack Campbell provided a really nice spark and uh, it looks like he's going to be an excellent value with a 1.65 million dollar cap hit going forward for the next two seasons the Leafs have finally solved their backup goalie situation in my estimation the Dallas Stars up next they did a nice job with the top end of their roster offensively uh, locking up the likes of Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan for uh, the next four or five years Ben rebounded a little bit from uh, off season last year but still has a long way to go to be worth a 9.5 million to tag attached to him Joe Pavelski things didn't really work out for him in the first of his three years at a seven million dollar cap hit here so I don't like that deal very much in terms of the pending UFAs at Matthias Janmark at 2.3 million dollars Corey Perry at 1.5 million dollars they didn't get the bang for the buck in those situations particularly with Corey Perry and you wonder if he's going to be returning at all Radic Faxa as a pending RFA along with Dennis
Denis Gurianov, who showed well at the final year of his entry-level deal, and Rupi Hintz, another one that showed well in the final year of an entry-level deal, are all going to be due significant raises. So that's the challenge here in terms of the salary cap in Dallas offensively. On the back end, the likes of defensive defensemen, uh, Roman Polak and Andrei Sakara will be due raises from their $1.7 and $1.5 million deals heading into their age 34 season. Both of these guys, I submit to you, are key components to the defense, overall defensive structure here, but they are nothing more than second or third pairing players uh, and, and in terms of an offensive upside in anybody's uh, planning for fantasy uh, relevance. So it's more uh, real-life uh, relevance in the def- Dallas defensive scheme that I'm talking about. The, they've got great value from Miro Heiskanen, who will be heading into his final year of his entry-level deal. So at some point next year, you'll be hearing about that contract situation coming to uh, to fruition, I think. Brian Bishop is on the books for $4.9 million for the next three years, but it's Anton Kudobin who might be heading out the door to see if he can do better than 2.5 he earned. He's been a very serviceable backup in, a, in this environment and uh, figures to test the market to see if he can do better than that on the open uh, market around the 31, 30 other clubs. The same might be said in St. Louis when you consider their goalie situation and Jake Allen playing behind Jordan Bennington. He's playing out the string next season on a $4.3 million cap hit. You wonder if the Blues can afford that. Might they even be looking at dealing him in the offseason because there's no way he supplants Jordan Bennington who has got one more year next year at $4.4 million on his deal before he re-ups again after uh, a couple of really nice seasons in St. Louis for the youngster. On the back end, the big name in, the, in terms of free agency, uh, maybe even around the league, is Alex Pietrangelo playing out a $6.5 million cap hit. The pending UFA is going to be a hot commodity, and I just don't see how he fits into the salary structure here because they've got too much money committed elsewhere. I think they made a big mistake when they signed uh, Justin Falk to his extension of $6.5 million as part of the deal that brought him to St. Louis at the 20, in his age 28 season. Uh, I think it was almost the worst one of his career to date, and he needs to do much better to live up to that deal and escape from the specter of being the guy that forced him to lose Pietrangelo in free agency. Marco Scandella is the only other piece on defense that might need to be re-upped. In his age 31 season next year, he'll be due a raise from the $2 million contract that he's being paid. This guy is a left-handed shooting defenseman, not as highly uh, coveted as the right side, it seems, around certain other teams in the league. Always crying for the right side, but certainly a defensive presence, a big body, physical guy with a good shot. I think uh, he really rounds out the top four in St. Louis quite nicely. Offensively, the Blues are well looked after in terms of the contract situation for the top two lines. It's depth forwards like Jacob Delarose and Samuel Blay and Mackenzie McEachern who are due... Uh, contract extensions or renewals as all as pending ufas troy brower probably seeing the end of the line uh, at a 38 age 34 season where he was paid seven hundred fifty thousand dollars not really relevant to the mix here going forward it's, it would seem to me the vancouver canucks uh, up next this is a team that has really gained, got good control of their overall salary structure when you consider the highest paid player on this team is our three guys, Alex Edler, Tyler Myers, and Louis Erickson at $6 million apiece. Erickson's contract, though, still looks ugly to me, despite the brief turnaround that he had uh, earlier this season in late January. 
he had a fine run, but then settled back into a fourth line role and not really li living up to that six million dollar billing. They did contact, get contracts right when they look. You look at Brock Besser and Bo Horvat and J.T. Miller's compensation, all in the mid to high fives, uh, really well slotted there. And they hope they do the same thing with Tyler Toffoli, who has to re be re-upped from a four point six million dollars. You know they're going to do everything to get him back in the fold because uh, he really rounds out a really solid-looking top six here in my mind. The Philadelphia Flyers up next. They finally solved their goalie conundrum and they're not paying for it really when you consider that Carter Hart still in the middle of an entry-level deal at $730,000, but you know he's going to get a substantial raise from that sometime toward the end of next season. In the interim, they're going to ride that wave and uh, they may need to find a replacement though to back him up in terms of Brian Elliott and his $2 million expiring deal. He may test the market to see if he can do better elsewhere or re-up in Philadelphia for more than that compensation. And, uh, the defense it looks pretty good in, when you consider the, like, the likes of Provorov, Niskanen, and Gostisbehere all signed for the foreseeable future, although there's a bit of a spocky eye on Gostisbehere and the fact that he has uh, not lived up to that $4.5 million cap hit that uh, he was extended on after a career season a couple of years ago. It's gone south for him in a big way, and that looks like a bit of an albatross right now unless he writes himself. Uh, Justin Braun, of the veteran of the back end here at $3.8 million. I wonder if he will be replaced for a cheaper version or if he will take a bit of a cut in pay to fit in here going forward. Uh, in terms of the offense, they got it right in terms of the contracts here. When you consider a guy who had a breakout season, Travis Konechny, getting paid $5.5 million in the middle of the pack. Claude Giroux at the top end at 8.275, still delivering the goods at his age 32 season. Same could be said for Voracek, and uh, he's getting 8.25 for the next four years. They'll take what he did this year and last year for that level of compensation, I'm sure. We go to the Chicago Blackhawks, a team that's in transition and a team that I always highlight for the fact that they're paying the players what they have what they did in the past rather than what they're doing in the, going to be doing in the future. Uh, when you consider Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, $10.5 million, they're still the top two scorers offensively on this club, but boy, they're comp. Uh, they're taking a big bite out of the salary cap pie here. And the same can be said for Duncan Keith. And uh, Brent Seabrook, Seabrook winding up the season on the IR. You wonder if he's going to be an LTIR for the rest of his tenure in Chicago because that cap hit is an unsightly one at 6.875 when you consider he's in his age 34 season and looks like he's breaking down physically. The same might be said for Calvin DeHaan at $4.5 million. He's a little younger, though, so there's hope that he can rebound and return to the fold to earn that money on the ice rather than on the sidelines. The third member of the LTIR brigade here, Andrew Shaw, has dealt with injuries from time to time, but I expect him to be a part of the on-ice brigade up front, and $3.9 million should be an adequate compensation for him to offset those big deals that I spoke of earlier. And uh, the challenge for the Hawks, though, going forward is to lock up the likes of Dominic Kubalik, who had an outstanding breakout campaign this season. Drake Kajula had been a top six forward from time to time. Dylan Strom, all three of these guys figure to be part of the top six mix here, and all three are pending RFAs in Chicago. The Washington Capitals up next. The Alex Ovechkin 
Evgeny Kuznetsov and Nicholas Backstrom eating up about $25 million of the salary cap figure to be the centerpieces of this club going forward. They did get T.J. Oshie right, in my estimation, locking up for an extension of 5.7 for the next few years. They may rue the last latter part of that, though, because he's entering his age 34 season. He plays a physical game, and you wonder if that's going to look ugly by the end of it. Tom Wilson, in his prime, has really reinvented himself from a fourth-line player to a top-line forward here and is being adequately compensated at $5.1 million for being uh, a unicorn in terms of the physicality, incredible physicality, and good scoring skills that he's developed in his time in Washington. The first challenge that I see here comes on the back end, folks, when you consider Radko, Radko Gudis and Brendan Dillon will be needing new contacts. They have to be pleased with the fact that they got John Carlson locked up before this season because he'd have earned more than $8 million on an extension if it was based on what he did this season by, by a long shot. Dmitry Orlov might be a little overpaid at $5.1 million to cause a bit of a challenge here, but it's offset by the fact that they've got a couple of guys in the fold here longer term that uh, do fit in at a reasonable level. That's Michael Kempney and Nick Jensen. In terms of the goaltending mix, uh, the challenge will be to deal with Ben Braden Holpe's offseason uh, as a pending UFA. You wonder if he, coming off the worst season of his career, goes up or down from that figure or stays in Washington at all. But uh, they do have the fact the fact that they have Ilya Samsonov uh, in reserve on the, in the middle of an entry-level deal and coming off a very fine campaign gives them some pause for optimism in the Nets, and they have a couple of other prospects in the minors in Phoenix Copley and Vitek Vanasek, who might be into the mix if Holpe does find greener pastures. Vegas Golden Knights... They have uh, done it right at the salary cap window. Their top-end guy, Mark, Stro- Mark Stone, the leader of this club, compensated the tune of $9.5 million over the next six years. Looks like a real good value. Even at that high level, he means so much to this team. Uh, beside Mark andre Fleury, the two leaders of this club overall. They did also do well with Max Pacioretty at $7 million and scoring as he has throughout his career. Um, actually, almost a career-best season was in play in place for him should it have played out that way the head scratcher here the concern is paul stastny sliding from the top six from time to time this season in his age 34 season he'll be paid 6.5 million dollars next year in the final year of his ufa uh, his pending ufa uh, season of his contract but around him they've got it right with the likes of willie carlson and riley smith and jonathan march all in that five to 5.9 million dollar range to round up the top six here the challenge that they face, Ryan Reeves is 33 years old on an expiring $2.775 million deal, and they uh, like the fact that he had such a key physical presence here, and you wonder if the contract goes up or down uh, going forward. That's uh, probably the biggest concern they have among the forwards in this circumstance, though they do have to consider re-upping Nick Cousins and or Chandler Stevens, uh, both pending RFAs, along with Nicholas Waugh, who's finishing up a $720,000 cap hit and figures to get more than that going forward. The back end is locked up for the most part uh, next season. Uh, John Merrill and Derek Englund, uh, fringe players, top six possibles in the third pairing mixes here for uh, Vegas, but their top four guys all looked uh, looked after to the tune of between two to f- 2.5 and $6 million. Nate Schmidt and Shea Theodore carrying the mail this season and doing it uh, very well to make those contracts have 
it's very palatable. In the Nets, Marc-Andre Fleury commanding $7 million for the next two seasons uh, will be ably supported by Robin Leonard should they be able to resign him here. He uh, is a pending UFA and a guy I think that Vegas has to focus their attention on keeping as the heir apparent to Marc-Andre Fleury should the venerable one eventually step aside. In Florida, the Panthers finally got the secondary scoring uh, conundrum answered when you consider the seasons that they got from Mike Hoffman, uh, Brett Connolly, and Frank Vitrano, and Noel Cherry all chipping in offensively. A uh, few of those guys are going to need new deals, though, in the offseason. Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadanoff, foremost among them, uh, they'll, they'll be challenged to get both of them under wraps. I think Mike Hoffman could really be the one that tests the waters here as he really has not got a front-line opportunity, even drifting to third-line status from time to time and reportedly not too happy with that circumstance. And the same might be set for Eric Halla looking for greener pastures. He had a bit of an up-and-down season with injuries here and will be playing out the string on a $2.7 million cap hit. Final pieces uh, at the bottom of the lineup here could be re-upped. Uh, Dominic Toninato, Alexi Sorella, and Lucas Walmark, all depth forwards here, so not going to cost them much at all in that in that effort. A guy who has an interesting profile heading into the offseason, though, is Mark Pizik, uh, the converted defenseman who played forward for this club for stretches of the season. Might have done himself a real good service here as a pending UFA, and the versatility that comes with that uh, could reward him. Uh, he's playing on an expiring $2.7 million deal. He'd love to be able to duplicate that going forward, and I think he made enough of a case to do so. In the Nets, that's where the real problem is in, in Florida, folks. Uh, we panned the deal with Sergei Bobrovsky widely and uh, justifiably it seems because he had the worst season statistically of his NHL career being paid 10 million dollars a year really not living up to that by a long shot that's on the books for the next six seasons and you, and you consider Chris Drieger and what he did in his uh, early uh, part of uh, this season or latter part of this season I should say being paid $850,000 and really I would say he's the go-to guy if they get back to playing games this season to salvage the year and possibly drag this team into the playoffs ahead of the struggles of Bobrovsky. The Edmonton Oilers, a team that was upwardly mobile in the standings this season, looking for a playoff run for the first time in several years, uh, riding the coattails of the tandem of McDavid and Dreisaitl, who are compensated the tune of $21 million for this year and for the next five years going forward. So the offense looks to be in capable hands with those two guys ably supported by Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who had arguably one of the better years of his career to date. He's got a one more year on a $6 million cap hit. James Neal is where the trouble begins here, folks, for me. He started off like a house on fire, but really faded with injury situations creeping in. And uh, he has a $5.7 million cap hit that looks very questionable for me in the next three years. Andreas Athanasio, pending RFA, acquired from the Detroit Red Wings, figures to be a uh, key piece of this offense going forward and is probably due a raise from that level in my estimation this offseason. Gaetan Haas and Kyler Yamamoto and Riley Sheehan, they'll be hitting the pay window in the next little while as pending UFAs and RFAs. Yamamoto has one more year beyond this season, but has done enough for me to think that Edmonton wants to lock him up sooner rather than later. In terms of the defense here, 
Mike Green is the only pending UFA, and it's an interesting circumstance because this guy's a power play specialist who could thrive if he could only stay healthy, and uh, that's the only reason I think that Edmonton might consider re-upping him, but otherwise their top four is in good shape as the likes of Clefbaum, Larson, Russell, and Nurse are all looked after next season. Ethan Bear is a pending RFA that also factors into the mix and might be the other guy they, they look to to sign to an extension. Matthew Benning also fits into the similar mold, though he has a lower profile than, than Bear. He's coming off a $1.9 million cap hit, and uh, I wonder where he fits into the mix here going forward. Uh, in terms of the goaltending mix, Mike Smith uh, went neck and neck with uh, Miko Koskinen for much of the season in terms of the goalie share, even winning it outright for much of the season, in my estimation. But in his age 38 season, he's a pending UFA, and I think they got to turn their attention away from him and uh, commit to Koskinen and look for a cheaper backup in that regard. And uh, so the goalie mix will look a little bit different going forward in Edmonton. The San Jose Shark, this is a, this is a team that's in full rebuild mode, in my estimation, folks. And uh, the top end of their salaries cap structure looks okay when you consider Logan Couture and Evander Kane, a pretty good one-two punch on a on one of their scoring lines being compensated to the tune of $15 million overall. There's a drop-off from there as Timo Meyer uh, gets $6 million and really a guy that they're trying to find a home for him in the top six here and uh, he's shown flashes of being worthy of it he's only 23 years old so he's got plenty of time to to live up to that deal i think and uh, i think he has the skills to do so beyond that there's a drop off when you look at the next guy on the list here is melker carlson two million dollars his compensation and joe thornton as well at two million dollars thornton doesn't figure to be a guy returning here in his age 40 season he wants to probably test the waters to see if he can get another cup run in over his illustrious career it's eluded him and he won't find it in san jose so i really don't think if he wants to pursue that cup it's not going to happen in san jose so you can expect him to move on and uh, beyond that it's a lot of guys that are playing for the entry-level deals and uh, so they'll be due contract extensions when you look at uh, some of those players stefan noah said maybe the foremost among them he's a pending ufa coming off a seven hundred thousand dollar cap hit there on defense, they've committed a large sum of their money to three of their defensemen, Brent Burns, Mark Blasick, and Eric Carlson. All three of them upwards of $7 million, and between that level and 11.5 for Carlson, who battled injury issues this season, he's got five more years, six more years to run on that contract hit. So uh, they won't be adding much more than minimum dollar players on the back end for the foreseeable future. The likes of Tim Heed, and Brendan Davidson are pending UFAs in that regard, pending RFA, Jacob Middleton. Mario Ferraro looked good in the first of his entry level, uh, first year of his entry level term, and so it could round out the mix here uh, defensively. The issues with this club are in the nets as well. Uh, Mark, Martin Jones uh, has four more years to run on a cap hit of $5.7 million, had the worst year of his career to date behind this uh, unstable defensive structure. He didn't really hold his own, uh, uh, flopping around a little bit too much for my liking, to be quite blunt, and really not living up to the trajectory that the early part of his career had paved for him. Aaron Dell, uh, capable supporter as a second-string goalie, could be looking for uh, another place to ply his trade. Uh, $1.9 million the current cap hit. He sees Jones there, and that big contract not likely to be able to be shipped around so you might expect that he try test the waters elsewhere. 
They certainly suffered for the fact that Thomas Hurdle spent much of the season on long-term IR. This guy figures to be a centerpiece to their offense, and you hope that he can come back on the ice and earn that $5.6 million stipend over the next two years of that term. The Boston Bruins is a team that got it right at the pay window several years ago, and they locked up a lot of their core for a number of years, but I think their their rust is beginning to show here when you consider the top guy, David Krejci, at the pay window, $7.25 million. He was relegated to third-line duty because uh, too many miles on him, too many injuries, and Charlie Coyle passed him a bit on the depth chart. So you're getting a, see, seeing a bit of the changing of the guard, and you wonder if that continues with uh, the likes of Patrice Bergeron, who continued to f- uh, center the uh, the top line in hockey, but he was kind of the third best player on that unit this season, maybe for the first time in his tenure in Boston, and that could be the tip of the iceberg in terms of a tipping point here. Uh, certainly David Pasternak, a steal at $6.6 million up next, and you can say the same for Brad Marchand at 6.1 for the next five years, And uh, but uh, you wonder if Father Time's going to catch up to him because of the travel miles on his body, the way he plays the game in a rugged manner. I think they got a great deal uh, locking up Charlie Coyle for the next five years, and he figures to be uh, top six forward here for a long time at $5.25 million. I think you'll be talking about him in terms similar to Krejci uh, next season and beyond uh, as a guy who was one of the better second-line forwards in hockey at the center position. Andre Casse is a guy who they're looking for big things from. He's locked up for $2.6 million next season. Needs to show more than he did in his tenure in Boston, early tenure in Boston, not really fitting in at the moment. And the same could be said for Nick Ritchie. Both these guys acquired from Anaheim uh, in the latter part of this season. On defense, the conundrum is Tory Krug. There's rumors around him as a pending UFA that he could look to see about going home to Michigan and playing for the Wings next season and beyond in terms of a possible ploy to up his value as a, at the contract uh, talks. 5.25, the current uh, salary f- being paid for him this year. He figures to be the highest paid Bruin when you look at the salary committed to Krejci at 7.25 million. I think he's going to top that easily in his renegotiation. That will leave Charlie McAvoy as the only other offensive defenseman here with upside. Beyond that, it's Brendan Carlo and John Moore on the back end. Question mark about Zdeno Chara, though. Uh, At 43 years of age, you wonder if he's playing out the string on a deal that expires with a $2 million cap hit this season. Matt Grizzlick would be the guy that steps up into the top four in his place, and he's a guy that is pending RFA going forward. He'll be due a raise from his $1.4 million deal. Tuka Rask earning $7 million this year and next. Beyond that, he'll be a pending UFA. Uh, he's 33 years of age right now and backed by Yaro Halak, who's a pending UFA at $2.75 million. It's one of the older goalie tandems, but maybe one of the more successful ones in the league. I just wonder if Halak could be retained in this mix going forward, or do they turn to a younger, cheaper option there? The Pittsburgh Penguins, the head of the class belongs, as always, to Malkin and Crosby. They're combining to eat up about $18.2 million. Uh, They're locked up for the next couple of seasons. In fact, Sid Sid the Kid is up there for five more years. At age 32, I still call him the kid. Uh, Just plays the game the way it's meant to be played with a youthful exuberance and uh, solid leadership. Great value at $8.7 million for one of the, still one of the top players in the game. 
I really like the addition of Jason Zucker at $5.5 million, locked up for the next three years there. And the same could be said for Patrick Hornquist, should he find a way to stay healthy. They'll both be worth that money going forward, I think. The question mark for me here is Nick Bugstad, who simply can't find a way to stay healthy and has not lived up to his $4.1 million cap hit. The challenges in terms of uh, renegotiations are begin with Connor Sheary for me among the forwards. $3 million for a guy who should be a member of the top six and has been for uh, the better part of a couple of seasons in back in Pittsburgh for a second tour of duty. Evan Rodriguez will be hard-pressed to renegotiate a deal here, I think. He's coming off a $2 million cap hit. Things really not panning out for him in the latter term, term of his time in Buffalo, and it didn't get any better in Pittsburgh, folks. Jared McCann has been a useful piece here, and I'd like to see them re-up him just because he's been a good soldier and commands more than a $1.25 million cap hit going forward. And uh, after that, it's uh, Dominic Simone who figures to be the guy that capitalizes in ca- salary negotiations here, pending UF RFA, $750,000 his compensation as uh, he looks to be a part of the top six here going forward, and certainly insurance at the, at the very least in that regard. On the back end, they've got Chris Letang locked up for a couple more years at $7.25 million. Justin Schultz, though, pending UFA, $5.5 million. He'll not be able to duplicate that high level of compensation, I don't think. Beyond that, Brian Dumoulin and Jack Johnson are up next at 4.1 and 3.2, respectively, for the next three seasons, solidifying a second pairing. And I like what they did to uh, re-up Marcus Pedersen long-term for a $4 million cap hit. I know we talked to AJ last couple of weeks ago, and he likes the deal for five more years at that level of compensation. Chad Ruedel, John Marino, those are youngsters who are in the middle of their entry-level deals that figure to round out the mix defensively here. In the Nets, they do have a bit of a quandary with two pending RFAs. Matt Murray coming off a $3.7 million kit hit, and Tristan Jari do a substantial raise from his $675,000. it will be interesting to see how, which way they go there and who they favor going forward in terms of the salary compensation. The Buffalo Sabres, their top of the end, end of their salary structure really reveals a tale of two players. Jack Eichel looking full value for his $10 million as the leader of this team on and off the ice. In his age 23 season, a top 10 scorer in this league already. Behind him, Jeff Skinner took advantage of a career year on his uh, wing uh, to parlay that into a $9 million contract extension on an annual basis for the next five years beyond this one. And really, this was a flop of a season for Skinner. He lost his gig as a top-line winger with Eichel, and his performance suffered dramatically. I mean, you pair that with the Kyluk Pozo contract at $6 million a year, that's two misses in my estimation for a total of $15 million, and that's unacceptable in the salary cap era. You could have almost added Rasmus Ristolainen to that mix on the defense here, but he certainly turned around that uh, that viewpoint with a very solid season, and at age 25, looks like a good value all of a sudden at $5.4 million at the top as the top expenditure on the back end. Colin Miller at 3.875, not so much. You can add that to the other two contracts up front offensively uh, as a bit of a problem. And speaking of that offense in general, they have a lot of work to do when you consider the fact that they have no fewer than five pending UFAs. Wayne Simmons won't be back. Things didn't really work out for him. Michael Froelich should be a part of this top six. Jimmy Vesey, the same thing. 
Zemgens, Gergensens, and Johan Larsson could challenge for that role, but all four of them will need to be re-upped. Victor Olofsson had a fine year in the final year of his entry-level deal, and that's the guy that's going to hit the pay window the hardest year uh, for Buffalo. In terms of the net mining situation, they got two goalies on the cheap, totaling $4.075 million to get the tandem of Carter Hutton and Linus Olmark locked up. Olmark, for his part, will be a pending RFA in this offseason and figures to be the number one goalie going forward and should be compensated as such with a hefty increase on that $1.35 million deal. The Carolina Hurricanes, the team that has got a pretty nice salary cap structure overall when you consider their high, their only guy over $6 million is Sebastian Ajo, and at age, in his age 22 season, season had a very nice breakout campaign for the Hurricanes to lead them offensively, and he will be compensated at the $8.4 million level for the next four years, so good that they got, looks like they got that deal right. In terms of one that they're overpaying a little bit for, and that's Jordan Stahl. He was miscast as a top six forward, finally setting in, settling into a third-line role with the arrival of Vinny Trocek, who comes in at an affordable 4.75. I like that deal, and I like his profile in this mix going forward. They might have a bit of a miss here with the uh, fact that Nino Niederreiter certainly has not lived up to my expectations of him as a pro in the NHL, and things didn't change with his move to, floor, to uh, the situation here in Carolina so uh, that looks like a miss for me as well Ryan Zingle he got a pay increase a couple of seasons ago to 3.375 I thought it was going to be a cheap value good value deal but Zingle really regressed a little bit this season in this mix uh, from the profile that he had in his previous stop in in Florida on the defense, they have a couple of pending UFAs in Joel Edmondson and Trevor Van Riemsdyk, both useful guys in terms of depth uh, of, of this uh, overall sextet. Uh, neither one really a big factor in terms of the offensive side of the game. The big miss here on the blue line, though, is Jake Gardner getting compensated to the tune of $4.05 million. Had the worst season of his career this season in Carolina, really not fitting in here, and uh, looks like almost dead money when you consider uh, the, the performance that he responded with on the ice. In the Nets, they are relying on the tandem of James Reimer and Peter Mrazek, who were both unhealthy for a large chunk of the second half of the season, uh, both going down in that one game, memorable game, memorable game of emergency backup goalie gate in Toronto, where they beat the Leafs. Uh, Reimer at $3.4 million, Mrazek at 3.1. They figure to share the load again next year before one of them needs to be re-upped at the very least going forward. Sammy Vatnan never got a chance to apply his trade as uh, he was on the injured reserve when he arrived here. He is playing out the string on a $2.4 million deal, and he looks to be a part of the top four should they be able to re-up him uh, in Carolina this offseason. Calgary Flames up next and that means that we talk about the top end of this salary structure they've got it right in terms of the top end being seven million dollars for Matthew Tuchuk over the next couple of seasons as well as this one Johnny Gaudreau Sean Monaghan Michael Backlund all locked up but then it's Milan Lucic who's the first cause of any kind of a headache for me when I look at this situation and the fact that he gets 5.2 million dollars for the next three seasons after this one the level of compensation not being equaled by the performance on the ice by a long shot his offensive game has all but disappeared and the physicality has taken a bit of a step back too just couldn't do it that way uh, that he's done it for the 
first several years of his career, there was a lot of miles on this body, and uh, it's taken its toll, quite frankly, and that compensation way more than what he's giving them in return at the moment. Elias Lindholm is a guy that's a good value here at $4.8 million to round out the offensive mix. Beyond that, depth forwards like Andrew Mangiapane and uh, is going to be the top guy that uh, I think they ought to, got to consider re-upping out of his RFA season. And they might feel similarly about uh, the likes of Mark Jankowski, who's a pending RFA, and they expect for bigger things for him, certainly challenging the top six, if not uh, being in there. Uh, it's defense where they have the, to do the, a lot of work to fill out their roster going forward beyond the top two in terms of compensation, Giordano and Hannafin, who are looked after. TJ Brody needs an, a new deal. Derek Forbert, Eric Gustafsson at 1.2 should be a guy that really generates some interest in free agency around the league. be hard for them to retain him, I do think. Oliver Shillington is a guy that they expect more from uh, out of his entry-level deal next season. Should be compensated a little bit higher than the $730,000, but factors in as a guy who should be a centerpiece to this team going forward as a top-four defenseman. In the Nets, they have a pending UFA situation in backup Cam Talbot, who had a very serviceable year for them, but uh, it'd be hard for him to duplicate that uh, payout going forward. David Redditch is a bargain at $2.75 million. Looks to be the answer to their goalie problems for the foreseeable future, but we'll need a new contract after next season. Tampa Lightning, this is a team in the middle of the pack in terms of the salary structure in the league, and you can thank the fact that the Florida State tax has worked in their favor to be able to retain the likes of Steven Stamkos and Braden Point at well below market value when you consider the fact that they're being compensated so uh, modestly compared to some other players in the top 20 scores around the league. The highest scoring, the highest guy in the pay window is Nikita Kucherov, and he's locked up for the next six seasons, but he made that contract when he came off uh, a top-scoring year in the league, so another good value when you look at the compensation there. It drops down a little bit to the likes of Andre Palat, Yanni Gord, and Tyler Johnson, all in the $5 million range, and all good values in that range. Beyond that, Alex Killorn, it looks like a steal at $4.4 million based on what he did for this club this year, and the same could be said, they hope, of the likes of Cedric Paquette and Blake Coleman, who are going to be paid $1.8 and $1.65 million, respectively. The guy that disappointed here for me is Patrick Maroon, playing on a one-year deal for $900,000. He was playing for his next deal. Didn't do himself any favors with the fact that he couldn't crack the top six here on a regular basis and probably has to try and do the same thing at such a modest salary elsewhere going forward. On defense, they got... Uh, got it right at the top end here with Victor Hedman and Brian McDonough compensated to a tune of about $14.5 million between them. Beyond that, uh, there's a big drop-off in performance and compensation. Kevin Shattenkirk for a while looked like a, he was reinventing himself, but uh, the same old guy turned up and uh, kind of flagged as the season wore on. $1.75 million cap hit here. I think he'll be out of the mix going forward. Zach Bogosian might be a guy that they retain if they can get him on a team-friendly deal. Uh, he was winding up a $1.3 million cap hit. Brings some physicality, much needed physicality here. That could be a tr the attraction to re-signing him. Braden Coburn, 1.7 is the compensation here for the 35-year-old uh, defensive defenseman of some renown. Uh, offensive upside, though, belongs with Mikhail, Ger Mikhail Sergachev, 
playing out the string on an $894,000 entry-level deal. He'll get a big increase on that. And the same could be said for Eric Zernak, who wound up getting a lot of minutes uh, in this mix uh, as he wound up the last year of his RFA situation. So they're going to be spending some money on the back end here more than the front side. Andre Vasilevsky is locked up for a $9.5 million deal that kicks in next year for the next six seasons. Curtis McElhaney behind him at age 36. You wonder how much he has left in the tank. He's playing one more year at $1.3 million, so that's the tandem going forward on the goalie situation in Tampa. Detroit Red Wings, there is a lot of work to be done here, folks, but at least they're not overextending themselves anymore in terms of the contracts. It seems like the bad ones have been filtered out for the most part. There are a couple of exceptions still on the books when you look at the likes of Franz Nielsen and Darren Helm being compensated to the levels that they are and really not returning much on the ice. They have an issue with Mo Anthony Manta. I keep wanting to call him Mo. I knew a Mo Manta, a former NHL player. I guess that's why that keeps ringing in my ears. But Anthony Manta, a big, rangy forward with a good offensive upside, winding up on a $3,300,000 contract RFA situation here this year. He'll be the guy that gets re-upped in a big way this offseason in Detroit. Sam Gagne winding up a 2.835 UFA situation could be going out the door, I think. They're looking to get younger and uh, cheaper offensively, and so that'll be one change you can look for. Tyler Bertuzzi could eat up some of the salary cap, and the same could be said for Robbie Fabry, both those guys winding up um, cheap contracts this season, and maybe you can even add Brendan Perlini to that mix as a third forward there. On the defensive side of the puck, Jonathan Erickson and Trevor Daly are going to be pending UFAs that will likely be headed out the door, and uh, that means that they have $7.3 million to spend elsewhere, to complement the likes of Patrick Nemeth and Alex Biega, who are on the books here beyond this season at affordable deals. They also have Philip Ronick on an entry-level deal and not ha don't have to worry about him to be compensated for a little while yet, and the same could be said for Gustav Lindstrom. So a uh, changeover is happening on defense in a big way in Detroit. In terms of the net mining situation, Jimmy Howard will be out the door, I think, uh, $4 million for the two wins that he combined compiled this season tells me that his time is up in Detroit. Jonathan Bernier, though, performed heroically enough that he'll be back and to earn $3 million in the final year of his deal, and they'll be looking for a compliment to him in the net mining situation, and it probably will come from the likes of Calvin Picard or Philip Larson in the Nets here in terms of the depth in the situation in the, in the Winged Wheel City. Up next, the Nashville Predators. This is a team that the trouble starts right at the top of their salary structure, folks. That They, they see Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne holding down the number one and number two roles at center, and neither one of these guys living up to the $8 million cap hit that's on the books for both of them for the next five seasons. That's going to be tough sledding to have those guys in tow if they're going to perform at this level and at that level of compensation. The news is a little better when you look below that, though, at Philip Forsberg, $6 million on the books for, I think, their signature offensive piece, a good deal there. But then again, there's more trouble in when you look at Kyle Tourist, so that's three big misses among their top four forwards. Kyle Tourist compensated the tune of $6 million for the next four years, another unsightly deal up front. It's going to be hard, hard for them to fit in the likes of Michael Grandlin, Mikhail Grandlin and Craig Smith beyond them. Both those guys are pending UFAs, but uh, they've got 
10, a total of $10 million combined in the investment of those two players. I think they're going to try and re-up Granlund. I'm not sure I can make the case for Smith in that regard. Victor Arvidsson looks like another good deal at $4.25 million. That's probably the best deal that they did here. And Nick Bonino, another uh, well-compensated player at 4.1, rounding out the top six or nine players here offensively. On the back end, Dan Hamhuis and Cole Corbinian-Holzer and Yannick Weber are all pending UFAs. I think I can only make the case for Weber being the guy I'd be interested in returning to the mix. He's probably going to be in a battle to rise to possibly a top four position at best here but the other two guys will be hard pressed to justify a return jared tenorti is another guy in the middle of a cheap contract that could factor into the mix here at seven hundred thousand dollars for the next two years to bridge the gap here while they rebuild things on the back end pekka rene really struggled this year in his age 37 season one more year to go on his $5 million contract is the top goalie of record, but UC Saros, quite frankly, outplayed him and uh, did it with only $1.5 million being put in his pocket this season. The Anaheim Ducks, another team on the left coast that's in rebuild mode, I think, uh, and it shows when you consider the salary structure here, only two guys here, two or three guys here being paid upwards of $6 million. They are Cam Fowler on defense at 6.5 and Ryan Getzlaff up front at 8.25. Getzlaff certainly not performing offensively, at least, to that level of compensation. That's where some of the trouble exists here. Adam Henrique had a very nice offensive season for the club at 5.825 for the foreseeable future. Four more years to go for him. Jacob Silverberg, the same thing. So they've got two good contracts there in those two guys. But they inherited David Backus' deal at $4.5 million for next year. That looks like a bad one because he seems to have the same malaise as Milan Lucic. Too many travels miles on a rugged body. Rickard Raquel, a fine season and a good contract in place here at $3.78 million. Danton Heinen, a bit of a disappointment at $2.8 million. He'll be, hard, he'll be challenged to uh, in, improve his profile to justify that level of compensation with a good opportunity here going forward. Sam Steele is in the middle of an entry-level deal that gives them some re- cause for po- positivity here. $863,000 for a guy who figures to be the second center going forward before too long. On the defense, they've got uh, issues on the back end to deal with when you consider Michael Delzato and Matter when are pending UFAs. Jacob Larson and Christian Jews are pending RFAs. That means only three guys re-signed beyond next season in Fowler, Lindholm, and Manson. And you can add the uh, fact that they have a few pieces on uh, IR that they have to deal with. Eric Goodbranson should be back and healthy next year to help out that top four on the defensive side of the puck, but they will wear the contracts of Kessler and Eves. Well, Eves' contract is expiring, so they'll wear the Kessler contract on LTIR for another couple of seasons. In the Nets, they have the situation with Ryan Miller's contract expiring, so they'll be seeking seeking a new backup beyond their third big contract guy, and that's John Gibson, who's been well worth the investment and figures to be for the next six seasons at $6.4 million in Anaheim. The Minnesota Wild, a team that I think uh, travels and relative anonymity to some of the other teams with a different profile around the league from time to time. I call them the no-name team in the NHL, in fact. Zach Parise, $7.5 million is the top contract offensively. He looks like he's good value there in Minnesota still, when, particularly when healthy. Matt Zuccarello, the same profile for him at $6 million. But Miko Koivu figures to be out of the mix here completely as uh, things really fell apart for him in the final year of a deal at age 37 
Alec Pelchenyuk is a pending UFA at $4.9 million. You wonder if Minnesota shows any faith in re-signing this guy who's bounced around the league. I think it'd be hard-pressed to make the case myself. <coughs> in terms of the other forwards, they're all locked up for the, for the next season at least, and the big question mark remains for me for Victor Rask, a guy whose re- profile has really taken a hit in the last couple of seasons and not living up to the, the skill set that I think he does possess. Kevin Fiala on the other side, certainly a great value at $3 million, might be one of the better contract values in the league actually at that level of compensation. Luke Coonan and Jordan Greenway, the only pending RFAs of any concern here beyond the pending UFAs that I already mentioned. On the back end, three pending UFAs in Jonas Brodeen, Greg Patteron, and Brad Hunt uh, figure to be issues of concern here beyond the top three, Suter, Dumba, and Spurgeon, who are looked up and locked locked up and looked after for the next three seasons. In the Nets, the similar stability exists when you consider Devin Dubnik and Alex Stalock. Stalock particularly looks like a sensational value after the season that he had, almost challenging Dubnik outright for the number one job and only getting paid $785,000 to do that. So good on him. The New York Islanders, a, season, a team of two seasons this year. The first half was outstanding. The second one, not so much. So a lot of these contracts look good in the early going, but not so much later on. Andrew Ladd, in fact, made an appearance, brief appearance, um, but still nowhere near earning his $5.5 million salary. Looks like the biggest problem that I see for the next three years here in that mix at that level of compensation. Cal Clutterbuck was banged up for parts of this season, and he's being paid $3.5 million. That could be a kind of a 1B in terms of issues to look at in terms of not getting the bang for the buck here. Matt Martin on an expiring $2.5 million deal. He's a useful guy who will find employment somewhere in the NHL next season, probably not at that level of compensation. Derek Broussard, uh, the the same similar situation befalls him as a pending UFA. $1.2 million for a guy who has a good offensive upside but can't seem to get his overall game together and be fantasy relevant at all, it seems. And Matthew Barzal is a pending RFA. He figures to be a leader on this team going forward, so you've got to think he's going to get a huge increase over that entry-level deal, and that's where the lion's share of any excess money the Islanders have will be directed, I'm sure. Andy Green winding up a career probably at age 37, and that means $5 million available to spend elsewhere on this club. And you figure that they will try and look for a depth defenseman, but maybe spend more of this money to get a backup goalie and more offense in place when you consider the fact that Thomas Grice is playing out the, has played out the string on a $3.3 million cap hit behind Semyon Varlamov and probably will not be re-upped here. The Winnipeg Jets got a heroic season out of Connor Hallibuck, and we'll begin talk there because he is locked up at $6.1 million of really good value play uh, in the Nets for the next four years if you're in a salary cap league for goalies. That's a great value for one of the guys who figures to be in the Vezina discussion, in my opinion, uh, should the trophy be awarded this season. And there's no reason why it shouldn't be, I guess, at this stage. Laurent Brassois is the backup of record. $1.2 million is the cap hit there, but he'll be looking for uh, a new contract or possibly challenged at that position if they look elsewhere for uh, a substitute incumbent to the incumbent, Elliot Buck. A makeshift defense look, will look even more makeshift this offseason when you consider Dmitry Kulikov, Nathan Beaulieu, Dylan DeMello, 
and Anthony Boteto all need new deals. The only holdover of any term, with any term of consequence is Josh Morrissey. Uh, an assistant, the assistant captain is locked up to an extension of $6.2 million for the next six years as the only guy that has a long-term future booked in Winnipeg. So they've got some work to do on the back end here. Up front, uh, similar issues with depth forwards. Nick Shore, Mark Latestu, and uh, Mason Appleton, they're all either pending UFAs or RFAs that need to be re-upped. Ja- re-upped. Jack Ruslovic, also a guy that needs to be re-upped, and he's in enough for me in uh, a couple of cameos and top six performances to get uh, a longer look here. Cody Eakin was brought over from Vegas, and you have to figure that he's going to be part of the mix here and will do, uh, be due a renewal of his contract, probably not at the $3.8 million level. We'll see which ways that one goes. The New York Rangers are up next. This is a team that's done a fine job of rebuilding, and it's because of the high, high-end high players on this roster. Artemi Panarin, at $11.642 million, has been really a highlight reel-type player in the mix here in New York. Hard to say he's worth every penny of that, but he is, he is certainly their leading scorer and their signature player offensively. But behind him, the outstanding value that Mika Zibanejad provided in a season, a career season for him, uh, certainly a great value play at $5.3 million for the next couple of years as the running mate for Panarin going forward. They re-upped Chris Kreider, who was uh, large. I thought he was going to be out the door in free agent and uh, the trade deadline, folks, but they re-upped him for $6.5 million for the next six years, and he'll be a linchpin to this team for the foreseeable future, obviously. Pavel Buknevich hopes to be, and he's built on a fine uh, early trajectory to his career, a good compensation level for him at $3.2 million. Dylan, Ryan Strom had an outstanding season and uh, is now a pending RFA, hoping to cash in on the $3.1 million level that he performed at. He's due a significant raise over that. Beyond that, it's depth players and entry-level guys that fill out the mix, so uh, they're a ways away from any concerns uh, in terms of the salary cap there in that regard. On the back end, they have some work to do in terms of building up the defensive depth, but uh, no urgency beyond the fact that Anthony D'Angelo needs a significant raise from his $925,000 contract, which expired this season. It's the goalie conundrum, the three-headed goalie monster in nets that uh, is the issue in New York and you wonder what's going to happen with Henrik Lundqvist in the offseason because it's hard to justify spending $8.5 million on him in his age 39 year when you have the likes of Igor Shesterkin and Alexander Georgiev who figure to be a pretty good tandem if they can hold on to both of these guys they've got Shesterkin on an entry level deal next year Georgiev is going to need to be re-upped on an RFA situation. He's done enough this year to get a significant hike in the $792,000 compensation level that he earned this season. The Montreal Canadiens, this team is going to be busy at the draft. Uh, be held in Montreal. They have the most draft choices in the league, and that's probably where we're going to focus our attention in a subsequent show. But for today, we've got to look at the fact that they have a salary cap structure that is looking to be somewhat in order when you, when you get past the ugly deals. And I'll say ugly deal for Carey Price at $10.5 million for a guy who is now going to head into his age 33 season and uh, is going to be hard-pressed to be productive behind a very unstable defensive structure in front of him going forward. Ryan, uh, Shea Weber, central to that, 
the positive side of that defensive structure at $7.8 million, when healthy, still one of the better defense, best defensemen in the league, I'll say, heading into his age 35 season, though, that's the challenge. He's been unhealthy for large stretches here, and that contract's going to look ugly when you consider that it's got six more years to run. Jeff Petrie, a fine value at $5.5 million, in it, heading into his age 33 season, that will be his pending UFA season next year, so you can expect him, if the Canadians do not do well during the season he'll be a guy that will be highly sought after at the trade deadline Carl Alsner Ben Chirot Brent Brett Kulak all locked up for the foreseeable future on the back end Christian Folin needs to be re-upped as a part of their future hopefully on the defensive side of the puck and the same could be said for Xavier Ouellette who is finishing up his RFA deal at a compensation level of $700,000. Up front, the big question mark for me is what to do with Max Domi, folks. $3.1 million on an expiring RFA deal. He'll need to be re-up. He followed up an outstanding breakout campaign with Montreal in his first go-around in the Belle Provence with a very subpar season back to his career norm, in fact, uh, this season. And so that's the quandary in Montreal, what to do with him when you consider that the other top-end forwards are locked up. The only head-scratcher for me among them is Jonathan Drouin, who just simply cannot stay healthy and or cannot live up to his billing as a top offensive piece here. They got great value in the, in the likes of Philip Dineau and Paul Byron to offset the ugly, some of the ugly deals here, and Yoel Armia had a very nice year and is compensated at $2.6 million, providing good value for that level of uh, payment. The Columbus Blue Jackets surprised me more than almost any other team in the league, folks, and uh, they did it while a whole rash of injuries befell them. And really, things are in order in terms of the salary cap structure, whether you've got to look at this team as the one team in the NHL that I've been able to find that hasn't got anybody that's over $6 million a year. So they have some flexibility here, and that's we're getting to the lower end of the salary cap structure for teams that don't spend to the cap. So they're doing it efficiently, and they're doing it well in, in Columbus. When you consider Atkinson at 5.875, Gustav Nyquist at 5.5, Nick Foligno in a bit of a resurgent year at 5.5, are the only guys even over $5 million. But uh, the the cavalry is coming in terms of the pay window. I think when you look at the likes of pay, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, is going to be a guy that's going to be due a heavy increase from his entry level of 894000 He was the number three guy in the draft that produced Austin Matthews and Patrick Laine and has been a pretty good third option to those two guys when you consider the early trajectory of his career. And uh, beyond that, the the issues here are on the in the nets really for me. Your Eunice Corpusalo and Elvis Merzlikens both showed well when healthy this season, and both needs hefty increases over their 1.15 and 874 thousand uh, dollar contracts that expired this season in terms of pay, being pending RFAs. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with both of these guys, both uh, age 25 this season. So uh, who gets the bigger raise out of the two? I don't know. Maybe they get identical deals going forward. They were that close for me. On defense, they are locked up and in order when you consider the likes of Warensky, Murray, Savard, and Nudavara all in uh, contract contracts that are going to be live and without any threat of free agency this offseason. But to a year out, Murray and Savard will need new deals, so we'll look forward to that down the road. Gabriel Carlson is a guy who factors into the mix here in terms of the depth piece, same as Vladislav Gavrikov. So they have help down the pipeline in terms of guys that will be pending RFAs this season. 
Colorado Avalanche, another team with an upturn in their fortunes this season, and they too have done a, a great job at the salary cap window. Their highest paid player, Nath McKinnon, creating a, a ceiling, if you will, a glass ceiling that nobody's going to exceed while he's there, I don't think, for a little while yet. And he's getting that $6.3 million and earning every penny of it by a long shot. Gabriel Landeskog, when he's healthy, he's a great running mate at 5.571. Another great contract situation. Junas Donskoy brought over from San Jose and locked up for the next three seasons beyond this one at 3.9, another favorable deal. JT Comp for $3.5 million, then drops off to 3.25. Andre Burakovsky, a pending RFA, needs to be re-signed. Vlad Nemestikov, same thing, needs to be re-signed as a pending UFA. Matt Nieto at 1.975 in need of a new contract. So their work is going to be in the bottom six of the order. And it's interesting to know that Valery Nichushkin picked a good time to show uh, some offensive upside in his pending RFA season will be to a substantial raise from his $850,000 compensation. On defense, that's where they got a lot of their work to do, folks. Uh, Nikita Zedorov, Mark Barbario, Kevin Connaughton, and Ryan Graves all needing new deals, but at least they can look at the fact they've got Eric Johnson and Ian Cole locked up to uh, solidify at least the defensive component of their back end. In the Nets, Pavel Fransuz is on a very good, uh, in a very good situation. Team f- signed a team-friendly two-year extension at two million dollars apiece uh, for those two years. They brought in Michael Hutchinson for insurance, but really they have to hope that uh, Philip Grubauer can return to health to earn his contract at three point three million dollars next year in what will be his pending UFA, UFA campaign. So salary cap structure very much in order in Colorado for a team with a significant upside going forward. You can expect them to be busy in the offseason to build on the opportunity that they have in front of them. We get to the bottom three teams, teams that have a lot of work to do and uh, teams that have a lot of money to spend. Surprising when you consider in L.A. that they're paying two players $21 million out of their cap hit and they're still not even a cap, not even close to being a cap max team. Drew Doughty, $11 million, and Anze Kopitar, two more of those contracts that are being paid for what they did in the past. And uh, to a lesser extent, Jonathan Quick compensated well at uh, $5.8 million in his age 34 season, having a very fine season to hold the fort here, despite the fact that they were offensively challenged and really on the long end of, wrong end of the shot clock most nights. The only issues in terms of the salary situation here going forward are uh, among three depth forwards, Trevor Lewis, Nikolai Prokorkin, and Austin Wagner all needing to be re-up, but uh, it's the defense that needs a bit of restructuring and uh, some money thrown at it to solve issues that are left with the contracts of Ben Hutton, Sean Walker, Joaquin Nystrom and Chris Curtis McDermott needing to be dealt with only three guys in terms of their co- contracts being looked after Dowdy Michael Anderson and Matt Roy are are looked after for next season Jonathan Quick is as I said in the fold for the next three seasons at 5.8 beyond him Cal Peterson getting a look as a backup goalie a cheap one at eight dollars $858,000 in his entry-level deal and showing well this season and giving me pause to think that they're they're in good shape in terms of the net mining circumstance there Ottawa Senators, a team in a major rebuild right now, and uh, the feel-good story for me of this season was well, the night that Bobby Ryan returned, but it only served to highlight the fact that he is still the only player on this team that's compensated the tune of more than five, 
$5.5 million, except for Ryan Callahan, who's on the IR here and off the books at the end of the season anyway. But uh, Ryan at that 7.25, certainly an ugly-looking deal for a guy who's on the downside of his career, a troubled one as it, as it winds down, in fact, sadly for him. Colin White at $4.75 million figures to be a centerpiece of this team offensively for the foreseeable future, and he's paid like it for the next five years at a very team-friendly deal. And Artem Anisimov didn't live up to his opportunity here, as I spoke to recently, as a guy who should be a top top six forward, uh, paid $4.5 million next year and his pending UFA season coming up. Beyond that, a whole host of players as pending UFAs and RFAs when you consider Mikhail Bodker, Chris Tierney, Connor Brown, Anthony Duclair, all needing new contracts there. And uh, the challenge would be to spread the wealth, such as it is, to those players to fill in key roles among the top six going forward. On the back end, they uh, didn't get the bang for the buck from Nikita, Z- Zadarov, Nikita Zaitsev, I should say, uh, came over from the, uh, the Leafs in a trade. And I figured that this was going to be a problem for them uh, eating that deal, and they will eat it for the next four years. Ron Hainsey's contract comes off the books, another ex-Leaf probably heading into retirement at the end of this season. Mike Riley at $1.5 million figures to be one of the holdovers along with Christian Wolanin and Thomas Shabbat, the centerpiece on this back end, his $8 million cap hit kicking in next season for the foreseeable future, the linchpin of this team's defense. In terms of the net mining situation, Craig Anderson likely to ride off into the sunset along with his $4.75 million expiring deal. That means Marcus Hogberg, who showed well in a cameo much of this season, when healthy, will take over the reins in the nets and he'll be challenged and supported probably by Philip Gustafsson, another guy who's on an entry-level deal, so their goaltending could be on the, really on the cheap in Ottawa next season. And finally, the last team in our look around the league is the New Jersey Devils. This is a team that uh, is the lo- lowest in terms of the overall salary cap expenditures in the league, and the lion's share of their money goes to P.K. Subban uh, for $9 million. He's on the books for the next two seasons. And boy, if this year was any indication, they're going to rue that deal. It's one of the worst ones in, in hockey as well, with the fact that he's really his performance has really dropped off from the level that we've seen from him earlier in his career. The same could be said for Corey, Corey Schneider, though his troubles were mostly injury-related. He did show well in a late-season return to action here this season, but he'll definitely take the backseat to Mackenzie Blackwood, who will be a guy that generates some buzz in terms of salary negotiations here coming off an entry-level year with in fine style. Uh, he was compensated at less than $700,000 in the final year of his entry-level deal and figures to really hit a home run in, in, in terms of his uh, new contract talks as a pending RFA. On the defense, Marco Muller, Freddie Clayson, and Dakota Mermis are guys that need new deals on the back end. The top four is in place beyond uh, Subban, and the compensation more appropriate for the likes of Damon Severson, Will Butcher, and Connor Carrick, much more affordable and reasonable deals for guys with their talent levels. Up front, Travis Zajac is the highest paid forward at $5.75 million. He, Kyle Palmieri, Nikita Gusev, are all looked after uh, beyond uh, this season into next, but will all be free agents after that. Guys with a little more runway here include Miles Wood, Pavel Zaka, and Jack Hughes, obviously, on the first year of his entry-level deal. He's got to do much better than he did in this season to uh, justify all the headlines that preceded his arrival here. I think it was a bit of a flop overall. 
Nico Heischer uh, signed an extension off his, coming off his entry level season, uh, final entry level season this year. It will be paid to the tune of $7.2 million. Uh, he needs to re- really turn it up too, folks. He had a, didn't have a great offensive season uh, in New Jersey, but no, nobody really did. But he's got expected to be one of the centerpieces going forward and is being paid as such. Uh, other guys that will be uh, in consideration for new contracts include Joseph Anderson, John Hayden, Jesper Bratt, and Kevin Rooney. I think Jesper Bratt is the most important of these pending RFAs to get right going forward to start, uh, continue the turnaround rather in New Jersey. So that brings us to the end of this analysis of the rosters of the teams from the in terms of the salary cap structures of all the clubs, folks. And uh, there's a few sites on the web that keep these, these, this information up to date and do a pretty good job at it. Uh, but uh, if you want to really know where these play- players are playing on the rosters, and that's a reminder to keep an eye on the depth charts that we produce at Rotowire, along with the injury updates that we pr- produce and maintain. We urge you to keep an eye on all that sort of thing. And if you're in a salary cap league, that's really where uh, taking a look at these salary cap sites really will help you because you really find out who are the value players plays on each team relative to their contracts and who are the bad contracts. And really that's a reminder of what we tried to summarize today and a good place for us to stop. It wraps up this episode of podcast with Statsman without AJ. Our next episode with AJ returning will take place a week from now. Please remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. As always, we invite you to listen to podcasts to get our tips to stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy hockey planning and research. So long, everybody. Thank you.